You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Welcome, everyone, to How She Did It. And it's my absolute pleasure to have Helia Svensson with me today. And I know some of you know Helia and have also participated or are members of and participated in her Take On Board community. I might as well give you the spiel now, but Helia is a expert in all things board, governance, C-suite, so on and so forth. And of course, as part of that, and of course, today is all about strategy, is absolutely an expert in strategy. So Helia, it's absolutely terrific to have you here today. And before I do continue and hand over to you, I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land, wherever any of us are today. For me, I've got my feet firmly planted here in Nam and uh, on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I want to pay my respects to elders past and present. And I also, again, want to call out and implore people and our members to look at the oldest living culture in the world to say, what lessons can we learn? Because when we talk about strategy, when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about how to make things, whether it's an organisation in business or in sport, my great love, or beyond, how do we create communities that really serve each other and others, other stakeholders, flourish and sustain. And I think, gee whiz, we've got a lot of lessons to learn from our, our First Nations brothers and sisters. So I do welcome you. And when we're thinking about strategy, let's look at the oldest living culture in the world. So, Elliot, welcome. Today, we're going to have a, a conversation specifically about strategy. But before we go into that, I would love you to introduce yourself to the Lead to Soar community, of course, today we're, we're recording live and we've got a, a number of members with us live, which is terrific. And of course, this will go out as a podcast episode. Welcome to Lead to Soar, Helia. You're also a member, but welcome. And tell us about you. Thanks, Michelle, for having me here in the magnificent Lead to Soar community. And it's lovely to see some familiar faces out there as well. So about me, I'm passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion in the world. And my slice of the pie, for want of a better word, is about the boardroom and seeing if I can make a difference about diversity, equity and inclusion in the boardroom. Because I think that if we have that, yes, the world will be a better place, basically. So I, as you've said, I am the, I actually asked the Take On Board community recently what my title should be, and I think I've got this right. I'm the host of the Take On Board podcast, and I am the curator and connector in chief of the Take On Board community, a group of and gender diverse people who are also looking to make a difference in the boardroom, wherever that may be and whatever organisation that may be. So, you know, that's people who listen to the podcast, that is people who engage in the Take On Board Facebook group, the LinkedIn group, come to events, whatever it may be, an awesome group who support each other and cheer squad each other to make that difference. I do like that connector in chief. Yes, very, very appropriate. Thank you. And one of the things that is going to be really important for our members uh, and our listeners today is to explore your past and your how she did it, you know, how you gained the skills 
and got to where you've got to. And your CV is you've got what we call in Lead to Soar a proven track record of accomplishments. That sounds better than a winding road, which is often how I describe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I must admit when I first read Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In and she talked about the jungle gym career, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's me actually swinging from, you know, kind of next opportunity to next opportunity. But setting up today, we want to talk about strategy and why is strategy so important and why is it so important in the context of women working careers, leadership, power? It's important for a lot of reasons because I have heard so many times in my career words expressed as development conversations to women, you need to be more strategic, okay, or words expressed to me by people who were trying to craft their career map, I want to get into strategy. So I've got a couple of responses to that, but, you know, we hear this nebulous kind of career advice given to women, you know, be more strategic, think about the strategy, etc. Now, it's not bad advice. It's just incomplete, Helia. So today's all about saying, let's understand from your perspective and expert's perspective, what strategy is, why we set it and how we set it and how we implement it. And then I want to build on the building box. How do I get the skill? So If I've had that feedback or I think strategy is my development area, I'm one of my development areas, what do I do about that no matter what my career stage? So I really want to pick your brains and learn from your journey and, of course, from your perspective as a a chair of the board, as a board director, as a CEO, what you're looking for in high potential candidates for the C-suite. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. So, Heliot, let's, let's kick it off. What is strategy? Oh, what is strategy? And I I wish there was a one-liner simple answer to what strategy is. But for me, the truth is what strategy is depends on the organisation and depends on where things are at. Strategy for a startup organisation might look very different for a strategy that's in growth, that will look different for a strategy that's mature, that will look different for an organisation that might be in wind-up or anywhere in between. So know that there is not just, ta-da, here is strategy. And I think if there was one thing, though, in thinking strategically, I would say it's bring your head up. You know, often we put our head down, like it's all about put your head down and get it done. Strategy is not about putting your head down and getting it done. It's about putting your head up and seeing what's on the horizon and looking as to what's next and looking at what you're doing from the, oh, I'm trying to avoid saying helicopter view, but it is a little bit of helicopter view, you know, looking, looking at the big picture rather than down in the detail. That's actually a really good first call out, folks, because when I work with bosses, executives and others, and Susan and I continue our research into what are the barriers that prevent women from getting ahead. And there's no doubt that there are some mindsets and bias and things like that. Mm. However, we do continually still hear feedback from managers that she's got her head down, her bottom up, she's working hard, thinking that's going to get her ahead. But if she's not taking a look at my job, my boss's job and what's happening for the organisation, I'm not sure that she's ready to advance. That's our first knowledge one, folks. Lift your head. What's going on outside your role, your team, your business unit, and of course, your organisation? Absolutely. Head up, look forward. Mm. And I think about strategy 
with three different chunks, I guess. If I had my whiteboard, I'd be mapping this out, but I'm going to do my best to describe it because I know there's people here that can watch my hands in the air, but it'll be later just for listening. So I think about strategy in three chunks, for want of a better word. And if we think about the vertical axis at the top, things are a bit abstract and down the bottom, they're quite concrete. And if we think about the horizontal axis, on the left-hand side, it's kind of today, things you need done today. Up on the right-hand side, it's things in the future. Yeah. So if we're mapping abstract to concrete, today to the future, the three chunks that I think about, if you go to the top right-hand side, so it's in a little bit of the abstract area and it's future, definitely future focus, head up, looking forward, for an organisation or for a team or for whatever, you're looking at what is the purpose of an organisation. And lots of strategies will have the vision statement, the purpose statement, the value statement, whatever it may be. That is something that should have a long-term horizon. Again, what long-term is might vary for organisation to organisation, but at least three years. But I've also seen organisations have 50-year visions. So it's quite big picture. So you want to define the purpose. What are we really here to do? What's the problem we are trying to solve? What is the future we want to see? So define a purpose statement and define the values that support that. I really appreciate that. What's the future we want to see and our role as an organization in making that happen? We're right out in, you know, that third horizon. You know, we often talk about horizon one, horizon two, horizon three. We're right out in that third horizon at the moment. So this is why we exist as a firm. And so once you've got that clear, then it's the middle chunk. So it's a little bit more concrete and it's a little bit more not as far in the future. So this might be your two to three to four to five years chunks. And that's what I call the pillars. So you've set your long-term purpose and in the middle, what are the pillars? Basically, what are the chunks of work that you need to do over the next one, two, three, four, five years? to achieve that purpose, to make progress against that purpose. And some of those chunks of work, those pillars might be externally facing and some of them might be internally facing, depending on what your organisation is. But it's basically what are the chunks of work. And you might have three to five, I would say, chunks of work. Can you give us an example of what those chunks might look like? We've got a lot of members who are in reasonable size corporate organisations. So let's, let's assume a corporate organisation. What do those things kind of look like or what are they named? So it might it depends on where they're at, of course, but it might be something like digital transformation. To achieve our purpose of, let's say, because I'm on the board of a health service organisation and this is not our purpose, right, so this is not based on it. But if our purpose was to good health care for the world, for argument's sake, one of the chunks might be a digital transformation. So patients and clinicians can get the information that they need. I'm totally making this up as I go. Well, it's interesting. I can I can add an example, a real example. So one of my clients is one of Australia's largest insurers and their long-term, their mission, their purpose is to make your world a safer place. Right. One of those mid-chunks is actually in digital transformation. It's creating access. So ease of access for customers and community to get stuff done with them because there's no secret, the banking and finance and insurance industry have got a lot of legacy systems. So they are creating a digital platform 
so that their customers can access what they need to be safe at any given time. So I get that. And we see digital transformation as a strategy pillar a lot, don't we? Yeah. In the example you've given, that's an externally focused one. We want people to be able to access us through and the way we are going to do it over the next horizon, as you've put it, this middle horizon is through a digital transformation. There might also be a pillar, a chunk of work around potentially kind of culture change in the organisation for people to internally be able to work with that digital transformation. So there might be culture change around, I don't know, learning mindset or customer focused or whatever it may be. So that might also be one of the pillars. So those are the sorts of things. And they're really just headings, I would say. It's that what's the heading? You will then, of course, think about what's the impact you want to have and what are the measures for that. But it's really just the chunk of work. So you've got your long-term purpose. You've got the chunks to achieve it. And then in the bottom left-hand corner, which is much more concrete, much more today or the next 12 months, what's the plan? Who's doing what, where, when and how? That's very much the head down stuff. So that's how I think about strategy, those three chunks. And I like the horizon thing. It probably fits nicely. The furthest horizon is your purpose. What's the future we want to see? The middle horizon is what are the pillars? What are the chunks of work that we need to focus on over the next three to five years to achieve that long-term purpose? And then who's doing what, where and how? So that's how I think about strategy. And a bit of a scribble here, my very non-artistic talents. It's actually good to visualise that. So that's the what of strategy. And for our listeners and, and our members, some of them might be thinking, well, okay, that's great, but I'm not in the business of setting that long-term vision. I'm not even in the business of really determining what the chunks are, that midterm, but I do have to do stuff that's aligned to the strategy. And, And we talk about understanding your positional purpose and your positional purpose means what do they pay you to do around here? So if I'm employed by an organization, the organization has invested in me, it's to drive the organization forward in alignment with the strategy. Yeah. So I kind of want to make sure I'm doing the right things. What should our listeners be doing? And I know that that's a big question because we've got many, many different career stages. And I want you to answer this from the perspective of you're on the lookout for people who get it. Yeah. These women who get it are ready for advancement. Yeah. And you can see that they're paying attention to this stuff. So what should we be knowing and doing about strategy? So I think you should know what the strategy is of your organisation, whatever it may be, whether it's ANZ Bank or whether it's the smaller community organisation or business or whatever it may be, know the strategy. Hopefully, hopefully, most organisations have a summary document, which is a one-pager, have it stuck up on the wall next to your desk. Know what the vision and the purpose of the organisation is. Know what those chunks of work are and know where you fit into that. And if you can't see that, ask your boss. I've got the strategy here, boss, and I can see the vision is this and I can see the pillars are this. I think I fit in here, but I would love to have a conversation with you about how the work that I do and about how the work that our team does fits into the the big picture strategy of this organisation. I'd love to be able to understand that so I can make my contribution. Could we have a conversation about it? Boom. There's another knowledge bomb, folks, because... We encourage you to have the skills, but you've got to demonstrate them as well. 
and having a conversation with your boss to say, I'm curious about where I fit in and where my activity fits in and shape those conversations with your boss. And they become a coaching, a development conversation. And of course, it also helps around prioritization. So Helia, you would be you would be looking out for people who have, particularly those who are earlier in their career, perhaps, who are showing an interest in, hey, help me understand where I fit in. Help me understand my positional purpose. What am I paid to do around here? And what I'm paid to do around here is work to take their business forward. And it rests on, of course, that foundation of business strategic and financial acumen. So there's your, there's knowledge bomb number two, I think we're up to. <laughs> so show an interest. Okay. What if I'm a little bit further on in my career? What if I'm that boss or that boss's boss? I would still be saying know the strategy and be across it, but I would also be saying get yourself on a board. Okay. I mean, you would expect me to say this right because I'm all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the boardroom and I want good women on boards and I know the Lead to Soul community is full of good women and therefore I want you on boards. But there is nothing like being in the boardroom of an organisation to get your head up and looking at the strategic purpose of an organisation. So when I described before the, you know, the purpose, the pillars and the plan, I would say the board's role is up in that top right-hand corner. The board's role is to set the purpose and to set the pillars. And it all happens collaboratively, right? You don't want your board off in their ivory tower just making stuff up without any reference to inverted commas key stakeholders and key stakeholders are customers, staff, leadership, all of that sort of stuff. So you don't want them just doing it in their ivory tower, but they are looking at all of that with their head up over the horizon and setting the strategic direction of an organisation. So if you're experiencing that, get yourself on a board because what do I look for when I'm looking for those roles? Before I did curator and connector in chief of the take on board community. My last job was as the CEO of a community sector organization providing housing and casework support to people seeking asylum. And it was my first CEO role. And when I was being interviewed for that role by the board, so the board engages the CEO, it is a key role for boards to do, they engage the CEO. When I was in that interview, I could say to them, I know what it's like to be on your side of the table. I know what it's like to be the board member or the chair of the board. I know what it's like to get board papers that are really helpful and valuable to my thinking. And I know what it's like to get board papers that are not so helpful and valuable. I know what it's like to throw the board in the deep end on strategy and to give the board the information that they need to really set the strategic direction. I know what that's like because I've sat on your side of the table. I haven't sat on this side of the table before. I probably didn't add that in the interview, but it's true. But I've sat on your side. And I think that gave the board comfort that I understood them and what they needed and that I could pick up the other stuff. If your aspirations are C-suite, you want to be able to assure the board that will be interviewing you, they're going to be employing you. You want to assure them that you understand them. Good advice. And, of course, We've talked before about what a board is because there might be the mindset of crumbs. I'm quite early in my career and I don't think I'm not ready for a board. There are all sorts of boards. There are committees. There are ways of being involved in the shaping part and the oversight and the governance part of an organisation, of course. 
if I think of my, if I, depends on how you count my first board, right? But if I really think about my first board, it was probably school council. As a, I don't know, 15-year-old on the school council and therefore being involved in the direction of the school. So that would be one way of counting it. My next first board, if you want to put it that way, was I was appointed to one of the industry training advisory boards as part of my job. So keep an eye out for that. There might be opportunities to be appointed as part of your role. And then my third first board <laughs> was the YWCA Victoria, now a national organisation, but then a large Victorian organisation with other sister organisations around Australia. But, you know, we ran as the Victorian branch of the YWCA, we ran a hotel, now it still is, I think the Jasper Hotel in the city, that was part of our work. We ran obviously community programs, we ran housing for women. It was a big organisation doing complex work. And the board of that organisation supported the CEO and the other um, leadership team in providing that support and strategic direction. And organisations like the YWCA, they have four roles on their board set aside for inverted commas young women, 30 years and under. So don't think you're too young. I agree. You know, there are many organisations that will provide YWCA 30 and under. Foundation for Young Australians, I think, is 25 and under, as is Oak Tree. The Board Observership Program is a fantastic program where you get placed in an organisation to observe. You're provided training through the Australian Institute of Company Directors, and you've got a cohort because you go through with another 50 or so people together, and that's for people aged 40 and under. So there's plenty of opportunities, not to mention boards need to get more diverse and younger voices as well. Absolutely. Plenty of opportunities. You're never too young, save for, I would say, to have your director's duties. You do have to be 18. But, you know, there's opportunities prior to that, like I had on the school council. Get on it, I say. Really good point. So to build, to understand and build your skills and learn how to demonstrate them around strategy or strategic acumen, think about those boards. And of course, there are committees. I look at many of us live in strata titled here in Australia or multi-unit dwellings. So think about the owner's corporation of, of your building. I don't have little people to look after anymore, but I do have older people. So the board of the aged care facility where my partner's mum is or the kids committee you know, at the daycare or the school, there are many, many different ways to be involved. So I think this is a, another good way to start building that understanding. Can I just jump in on that, on the school stuff, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, go on. Because I hear all the time I'm saying to women, oh, you know, you thought about it. Oh, I don't have any board experience. I guess I was on the school council, but I haven't got any board experience. And I'm like, hang on, back it up. Like schools, oh, my gosh, how complex are they? Risk, health and safety, stakeholder engagement, funding and finances, all of those things, that's what boards do. That's what they have oversight of. I don't want to hear I'm just on the board of insert name of organisation and because it's a school or because it's a childcare centre or because it's small or whatever. They deal with the big issues and you can use that experience then to leverage and then to leverage again. Couldn't agree more. I want to segue now into outcomes because, of course, we talk about the missing 33% business strategic and financial acumen maybe missing in your skill set, 
may be missing in the way you demonstrate your skill set. So we've already talked a little bit about demonstrating your strategic acumen, and it most certainly will be missing from the career advice that is typically provided to women. So the conventional advice to women largely ignores the importance of business strategic and financial acumen. So let's talk about outcomes. And we've got the mission, the vision, the values of the organisation right out there. We've got the pillars and I'm looking at, you know, what my role is on working towards outcomes. How could I make sure in my day-to-day work that I'm linking the outcomes to the strategy? And I know that we got to know the strategy, but how can I check that? What are the tools and the, the methods? I want to be quite practical, Helia, for our members and listeners. I kind of link it back to what I mentioned before. I would have the one pager of the strategy on the wall. Maybe this is because I'm a facilitator as well. I'm quite tactile in this. I would literally be having some post-it notes on what your work is and popping it on there going, oh, my work fits under here or it might fit under two of them. You might be in the work that you do. If you're doing a, I don't know, a plan for a particular piece of work, I would say at the top of that plan, write about what fits into the strategy. So the purpose of this organisation is X, the pillars are X. This piece of work that I am doing fits under this pillar or fits under this purpose. Describe it. And if you can't, have a conversation about it. Because if you can't see how the work that you do fits into the big picture, well, A, it might be that others can't either. And maybe it's not a priority, that piece of work. And maybe... I think you talked about prioritisation before, Michelle. Like we've all got too much to do. Like we all know the list of things to do is endless and that it is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly prioritisation project of am I going to do this piece of work or that piece of work? And you want to be able to decide which one is going to give the most value to the organisation. I would say the way you decide that is by seeing how aligned it is to strategy. Boom. There's another one. (laughs) Look at the strategy. See where it fits in. If you can't see it, ask and have a conversation about it. You might say, I think it fits in here, but I'm just not sure. Can we have a conversation about it? Nobody else can see it either. Well, boss, should I be doing this? Or should I actually be focusing over there where it's really clear to me where it fits in? We had a conversation in our coaching call on Friday about prioritisation and you know, it's almost like you were you're in that call, Helio, because we talked about the fact that if the boss gives you 10 things to do, you've got the capacity to do five well. Have a go at mapping the five that you think are aligned to the strategy or the outcomes that you're paid to deliver. And then go to your boss and say, I think I can't do 10. I can do five really well. These are the five I think are going to give us the biggest bang for the buck, i.e. aligned to our team's strategic imperatives. Yeah. Am I right? And you're doing two things there. Well, in fact, you're doing three. One, I know what the strategy is and my role in achieving it. Two, I'm having a conversation about demonstrating my acumen that I'm mapping my daily work or my work to it. And number three, I'm getting rid of some stuff that's really going to distract me from doing what it is that I'm paid to do. Because you're right, we are all have very full agendas most of the time. Yeah. There's always too much to do. Absolutely. All right. We are at time. So I, Helia, as always, 
we could talk for hours, you and I, about this stuff. So thank you so much for your generosity, for your wisdom, your curiosity, and of course, the just that the knowledge bombs that you've shared with our, our listeners and our community. So Helia, the final question, if there's one nugget, one thing that you want these folks on the call to do today, what would that be? I would say don't wait till you've got through your list of things to do to lift your head and put your hand up for strategic thinking and strategic roles. Just get on it. I love it. Love it. Thank you, my friend, as always. Thank you. I've got a page full of notes. I'm learning as well. Folks who came on the call live today, thanks so much for, for showing up. And look, stay tuned because I'm going to post part two of what is strategy with, frankly, I was waiting till I had this call so I had a bit more in my cool toolbox, but so I'm going to be posting a summary of all of these tools and what we need to think about when we're thinking about strategy. And when you next get that bit of advice, you should be more strategic. Well, actually, boss, here I, I am. Here you go. And you'll know what to hand over and, and demonstrate that you are already strategic. Thanks, folks. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. And uh, we will see you in the Lead to Soar Network very, very soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to soar.